Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 321 of the Drunk Touchdowns Podcast. I'm your host, as always, I'm Tyler, and joining me with the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Gables. What's up, buddy? Oh, man, Tyler. I am feeling kind of relaxed now. I mean, currently, I'm just laying on my bed with my recording equipment and everything else, and it's like... Sexy? <laughs> well, you may think so, though, but it's like after the workday is done and over with, like coming back from uh, working into like a midday shift and stuff, it's... Yeah, you know, it just gets kind of tiring and stuff because it's like you just get off the weekend, you have to do this, uh, start the whole daily grind stuff again. Because as we're recording right now, we're like recording on Monday, nothing like too like fancy, but uh, I'm very excited that we're getting close to the E3 time of the year. Yes, <laughs> yes I me too. I um, I usually take that week off, but uh, you know, have to take time off for moving and stuff like that. I don't have enough vacation to take the whole week off, so I'm actually just taking. Uh, I took I have this Friday off, and then I have like Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday off. So I still have the, all of E3 and stuff like that. So that's um, fine. Yeah, which is you know, I, I would rather just have the whole week off, nine straight days. But uh, I'll, I'll take a five day weekend, um, or six day weekend. Oh, yeah, even better. Ha! <laughs> Who boy. Um, but yeah, I am uh, I am incredibly excited for uh, E3 as usual. I'm like a. Uh, it, it feel like it, the E3 kind of hype came a little late for me this year. I don't know if it was just it, it, we didn't, it didn't seem like we got all the leaks like we used to. Like you start to hear like stuff in like April, like late April and May and stuff like that. Uh, beginning of May, right. it feels like the last couple weeks is when like everything's coming out. Um, well, to be perfectly so, fair, you know, some little bits of it has sort of died down since like Sony has sort of stepped away from the whole like press conference stuff. But there is a little bit of rumors here being tossed around here and there from yeah. what have been. What I've been like, I delved myself into while looking on YouTube. Oh yeah, yeah. Look, yeah, just seen on YouTube, and then also just with uh, going on Twitter and everything like that, and listen to podcasts. It's just, it's, an, it, it's, it's definitely. I guess E three's changed quite a bit though too, where it's like it used to be like nobody like that. Like that was when everything got revealed. To now, it's like like people are revealing things like beforehand, like teasing us. Like we got the Call of Duty um, teaser last week um, for Modern Warfare. We got or yeah, the, the teaser with the release date. Um, Death Stranding got a, got a re- release date. Um, we got the Pokemon Direct coming up on Wednesday. Today's Monday, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. On Wednesday, so it's like pretty much like things don't. I think people just kind of get out ahead of time. It's it's something that's going on the last few years. It's definitely changing. And then, like I said, Sony not being part of E3 this this year. I still think they might do one of their state of play things though. Um, oh, they'll do something. If not, then probably yeah. with kind of funny games, you know. Oh yeah, true. They, they I forgot about kind of funny has their um, showcase on Tuesday. Is it Tuesday or Monday? I mean, come on. I, I think it's on Tuesday. I think it's on Monday actually. It's Monday around seven thirty, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Seven thirty my time. Yeah. So probably mm-hmm. like around eight thirty yours. But uh, yeah, I can't remember. Well, look at it. Look at it this way and stuff. We have Greg Miller, who's probably going to be the one that's mainly hosting, and he is pretty much one of those guys that, uh, yeah, he loves his PlayStation stuff. That's just one of his mo's. <laughs> yeah, true. I could see him uh, getting something on uh, on there, and then uh, yeah, maybe I, I could still see like maybe a state of play thing, uh, maybe sometime next week or something, or maybe yeah. later this week. Who knows? Um, I'm still trying to figure out like how how the best way to do our um, our uh, podcast goes for E3. Uh, like every year, we always do like the a show for each one, but just with um, like EAs is weird. Um, it, it, there's been a couple times we 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 just like 
kind of just put EA in with somebody else's just because there wasn't anything worth talking about. Right. Um, or if we just, like, if we went on a rant long enough about how shitty the thing was, um, we, we were able to fill a show. This year's weird, though, because it's just, like, an all-day event where they're going to do, like, two-hour blocks or, like, one-hour blocks or something like that with their with their games. It doesn't sound like they're going to reveal anything. Um, so I'm, I'm curious how it's going to work on Saturday. And then I just like how it's everything's kind of a little more spread out, too. Um, you know, I like, like how uh, it's all spread out, you know. It's much more digestible and not just, like, one lump sum where you even forget about the little tiniest of information. Yes, uh, yeah, uh, especially like I remember like Monday was like the big day where there was like I think like four oh, yeah. it used to be like four different press conferences were on that day. Now yeah, like we yep. have like we have EA Saturday, two Sunday, I think there's two or three Monday, and then Nintendo on Tuesday. So um, yeah, yeah, little, Nintendo's been in, yeah, Nintendo's been notorious on going on like around the next day after you know like say like what Microsoft or what Sony would do. Yeah, you know. so. Yeah, they actually go on like the first day of E3. So, um, yeah, I am definitely excited for for all of this. Um, we'll have to figure out and discuss a plan when we're going to um, actually uh, record all these. Uh, but probably, yeah, we can figure it offline. Uh, but, yeah, so a lot, of, a lot of stuff's going on. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be back later this week. We're going to record. Uh, we're we're going to try to do recordings on Thursdays for now on. Uh, Thursday nights just to make it easier um, for me with uh, – Courtney now works on second shift, so it kind of works out uh, that way. I can still we can still hang out on the weekends, so that's gonna be like a typical night. Plus, we figured uh, Fridays like usually not a lot of news on Fridays, um, and if it is, it's usually like people get like places get shut down, which we don't typically try to cover anyways. Um, so uh, yeah, so we're gonna try that. So we'll be back later this week um, doing like another normal show. We got it seems like we're gonna have plenty of things to talk about with uh, uh, Google Stadia's uh, press. Uh, was it was it what do they call it? There's a name for it, like, um, oh, <laughs> I don't uh, know, like a Stadia State of Play or whatever the heck it's yeah, called. I don't it's know. Like, it's basically like they're doing their own direct thing and they have a, a name for it. Um, but, um, oh, so, Stadia Connect is what it's called. Um, okay. I was trying to think of it. I was like, what's that Microsoft Xbox Super Motion thing? It's, uh, yeah, Stadia Connect, <laughs> um, is what that is. So they're doing that Thursday, mor- Thursday morning, and then Wednesday morning we have the, uh, Pokemon Direct, so we'll have plenty to talk about then. Oh, but, yeah. Um, we still actually have a decent amount of stuff to talk about um, still today. Um, so you want to do news first or you want to do gaming first? News. All right. Uh, so jumping in, we'll get we'll, – this one just kind of happened uh, this afternoon actually. Uh, so like I just mentioned it, Google Stadia um, – or Google's going to be doing a, their Stadia Connect, um, like I said, on Thursday morning. So they're going to get it in there before everybody else, uh, before E3 happens. And um, they said that it's going to reveal um, – they're going to do a live presentation. It's going to be uh, – uh, they're going to have a promises of uh, when it's going to launch. Uh, price details are going to reveal some games. There's going to be much, much more, they said. So um, we kind of touched on the Google Stadia thing. Uh, it was two months ago, I think. Yeah. Uh, maybe longer uh, about when they revealed it, like, initially. And I think a lot of people came away from it. Like, this seems like if, it, if it's right, if it really works the way it is, it's going to be revolutionary. But, like, what's, what's this thing going to cost? How is it going to work? Blah, blah, blah. So we're finally going to see all that on, on Thursday. I mean, so, I mean... I think we're both like in that phrase of like we want to prove it, you know, to us that it works before we want to buy it. But right, I mean, what's your excitement level for this? It's kind of at a moderate at this moment in time. It's like I'm not too interested in seeing a streaming service console in action. I am interested in seeing what Google is going to be doing right here because it's it's drummed up enough notoriety and enough uh, 
kind of like hearsay from around the gaming industry to where Microsoft and Sony are working close together for their, the future of the online infrastructure of both systems. So that is definitely a major call of uh, interest. That's kind of piqued my interest, in my opinion. So I'm kind of interested in seeing not only just the price announcements but uh, of Stadia, but seeing how the streaming service stuff will eventually will work. So that uh, that whole like uh, showcase for Google Stadia later on this week, I am interested in seeing. But my at this moment in time, my uh, level is just moderate. How about okay. you, Tyler? Um, I, I guess I, I don't know. I'm kind of over the map with it because it's like I like I said, I feel like this could be revolutionary, but this just feels like something like it's something I know unless they totally blow me away, um, I will not be getting right away. Uh, unless they have like some killer new IP or they have some, they get some big developer on board there with exclusives. I, I can't foresee myself jumping into this right away. So yeah, this I, is a, s- this is a new type of thing and stuff. So it's like jumping into this thing head first does not sound appealing at the moment. Yeah, and, and plus like, how how's this gonna work? Like, is it gonna be like I, I don't think it's gonna be a box. I think it's gonna be something like you just. You download onto your device and you can play. That's what it may sound like. Anyways, like I think there's something playing on your phones, playing on on uh, iPads, things like that. So um, I'm I'm curious, like how's this gonna work? Like what's is it gonna be like a subscription based thing? Like where do you like like a Game Pass or like a uh, someone I heard on the podcast made a good point. Like is this gonna be like Amazon uh, pro, like Amazon Video, where like there's a bunch there's a bunch of games on there already, and then like you but like like a bunch of free games like Game Pass, but then there's a bunch of other games like the new games you have to buy on there, um, which I, that makes, that honestly makes the most sense to me with, you know, uh, with, with, with doing that. But um, like how much is this going to cost? Like, is there, is it a monthly thing, a yearly thing? Is you got to buy the, is like something you just buy one time? Um, and just how is this thing going to work at, at, you know, off the bat? Um, I don't know. I, 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 I'm definitely like, I'm excited. Like, cause this, this is going to be a game changer. This is probably the future of gaming um the stadia uh but I, i'm more excited i think just for the game part of it like they've talked about they have they, i think they've they have uh, jade who um what's it jade raymond i think is her name who was like the the first person the first director of the original like Assassin's creed games so oh, she's working and she worked with ea for a long time and then um i think she, what's she working on she's working on like a star wars game that got canceled and she left uh, the company and now she's with them um so I'm curious. Like, I'm more excited about the, about the games. I think than anything else. Like, what do they have to offer? To like, not only are they got to show like, hey, we got Ubisoft, we got EA, we got all these big guns, but also what do they got to like? We already know they got Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Doom Doom Eternal uh, for sure. Going to be working with them, and they'll probably be at launch. Um, but you know, I think uh, like, what do they have like that's exclusive to them? Like, that's the thing they're going to need to not only like show this thing works, but also give us give give us a reason to go there. We have to go there only to get this stuff. All right, well, moving on to uh, another topic here, something we uh, I already mentioned actually earlier too. Uh, so we got like a nine-minute Death Stranding trailer. Um, <laughs> and not only did we get a, a huge trailer, we also got a release date of November 8th. Um, Gable, did you get a chance to watch this thing? I've only watched little bits and pieces of it. I mean, okay. I've already seen enough of Death Stranding to know that, uh, yeah, I do want to play this game, and I'm very excited that it's coming out towards the end of this year. i didn't Um, think it was going to be coming out at the end of this year (laughs) no i i I was still like thinking that like this was like a 2020 2021 game 
Uh, so I'm, I'm definitely shocked to see that it's, you know, it's coming. It's funny, just like last week, I went on a huge rant, like just re- announced the release date so they can delay it three more times. So we can get the first you know, delay out of the way. Um, so I'm still not like super sold, but it's the more I think about like Sony doesn't delay games too often. And when they do, it's usually only like a couple months. Like uh, they don't like, I think God of War got delayed like a few months. Days Gone got delayed like six weeks. Um, Last Guardian, other than the the 10-year delay, after they put the release date out, got delayed six weeks, I think, like five or six weeks. So um, that, that's got to say to me that the, this game um, will be is coming out here or will be coming out at the latest. Uh, to me, it feels like the, the end of uh, the beginning of next year. Um, but, yeah, I, I, it was funny because Courtney was sitting there like, kind of watching it with me. She's like, what, what the hell? Like, what is this game about? I'm like, nobody knows babe nobody nobody knows <laughs> like nobody like this is kojima he's like the greatest director like games director of all time but don't ask me to explain any of his games like he's my favorite like i was like he's my favorite blah blah, blah. i want his whole thing about him uh and she eyes like crossed like no idea what the hell is talking about um but i'm just like nobody understands his, doc, his goddamn games but everybody loves his games uh so i don't need to understand it uh I, like you said the more you see of it the more confused you get i'm sure after we beat the game we're still gonna be confused um but yeah, I, I like everybody knows. I'm like that listens to the show. I'm a Kojima fanboy, so I'm definitely excited for this game. Um, it, it it looks like like a Metal Gear Solid Five, but just in a different universe with with the Horizon engine, which cool with me. Um, so I don't know. It, it's it's actually cool. The, the rumor out there now is that when the because the the release date actually leaked out um, before the trailer came out, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh Like like a couple hours beforehand. Like I think Sony like Japan or so. Uh, who maybe Korea or something like that? One of their Sony sites actually leaked the the information out before the trailer came out. So and then it came out. Um, Jason Schreier, who we, we've we've covered a lot of his news stories, uh, he said that this game was for sure coming out November eighth. That was a rumor that you heard, and right. then that um, Last of Us two will be coming out probably in February of next year. So uh, could could be a killer um, next. Uh, you know, six months or so for six, eight months for uh, PlayStation. Oh, um, the next year is going to be a fantastic, going to be a fantastic freaking thing for the PS4, dude. It's like the last full on, like heavy hitting year before PS5 comes out. Yes, yeah. So, um, yeah, boy, I'm I'm, I'm pumped for that game. Uh, I I am ready. <laughs> uh, but You're moving on to something. Yeah, but moving on to something that uh, damn near put me to sleep. Oh my, I shouldn't say that. Uh, if I wasn't uh, so befuddled, this press conference was more confusing than the Death Stranding trailer, actually. Now that I think about it. Um, the Pokemon press conference we had last week. Oh, um, yeah, of course. that The other Pokemon press conference we had last week. <laughs> yeah, so it came out. It, it was it was just weird. The music was weird. Everything was weird. Um, but like they came out. They said that there's a tech, Detective Pikachu game coming to the Nintendo Switch. Um, oh, hey, gonna, good. Yeah, it's going to resolve the uh, cliffhanger ending in the 3DS game that came out last year. Oh, God oh, damn it. I, I, initially, I initially thought when they announced it and stuff, it was going to be like the, a port of the 3DS game onto the Switch. I'm like, hey, hey, that's nice. And it's like, it's a continuation. God damn it, i got to play the 3DS. <laughs> yeah, so they said this will wrap up differently than the movie that just came out, um, the ending to that one. Um, but I, that game wasn't really that great. It, it was just kind of like, I don't know, it's it's not... It wasn't really a great game. It was more like a point-click adventure kind of thing. I, I, I didn't, I didn't really care for it. But I, it was. I think a lot of people were confused. Like, is this like? Are they like? Is this just a 3DS version 
ported to the Switch and they're going to they change didn't clarify. the ending? Yeah, like is this a sequel? Is this the same game but like a different ending? Like what is this game? So I think everybody's kind of confused on that. Also, um, there's a thing called Pokemon Homecoming. Uh, it's a place where all your Pokemon can gather. Um, and it's uh, they said it's like a supercharged version of the 3DS Pokemon Bank. Um, so it's a cloud-based service that you can put on your phone, your smartphones, and your Switch. Um, so you can grab all your Pokemon and put them all together. So you can like pretty much use, uh, I think it goes all the way back to, um, was it X and Y on your 3DS, I believe? Um, let's see. Yes, I believe it's like X and Y in terms of like the content stuff because with the whole backwards, with the whole like uh, backwards like transference from uh, from Pokemon game to Pokemon game, the actual stopgap, the earliest that they've done that was like with Pokemon X and Y, technically. But uh, I know for a fact that with Pokemon Home, it's very similar to Pokemon Bank in where. Any and all of your Pokemon that you've actually gone through and trained throughout the corresponding years or throughout the other Pokemon games, you can transfer them onto the service and stuff. And it's not just like for the, the 3DS games, it's also for the Pokemon you've collected through Pokemon Go, the Let's Go games, even like with uh, the upcoming Pokemon games. It's going to be like a one-stop hub or something like that for uh, holding a lot of your digital pocket monsters, pretty much. Which yeah. you know what I'm heavily excited about that. I mean that's that's awesome. That way I don't have to go for it and not just uh, store so many freaking monsters like on my Pokebank thing that I got currently, and I just have this one lump sum. It's all in the cloud. I don't have to worry about everything, and I can actually easily transfer a lot of my Pokemon without having to worry about some sort of stupid limit. Of, like, how many of them I could store at one point. I mean, I like that. That was probably one of the best announced things at that conference. Pardon me. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I believe, like, the way it works is, too, like, um, uh, you can use, like, Pokemon Go, Let's Go games. Um, it's going to be working with Sword and Shield. So, it's kind of cool. Like, and also, like, um, like you said, it's in the cloud and it's also uh, on your smartphone. So, it's on, you can have it anywhere. Um, it wasn't, is Pokemon Bank, wasn't it only, like, it was, like, four or five bucks a year or something like that? Yeah, it was actually like about five bucks a year. It wasn't even that yeah. expensive at all to actually yeah. store it on the servers for uh, that service, you know. And that was compatible with a wide range of uh, the Pokemon games from like the DS Pokemon games. A lot of the Pokemon games on the 3DS that you could transfer and stuff. It, was, it wasn't that difficult in order to use. Although, <laughs> like other people, like other friends that I... I have and stuff. They normally tend to forget about the service existed because they'd only pay for the five dollar thing for the year to store their monsters, and they wouldn't touch it again up until they had to renew their service. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that, that's cool. It's gonna, it's gonna be out there. I don't know if this one. I don't remember if they said it's gonna cost any money to, to use or not. Uh, it's scheduled to come out at the beginning of twenty twenty, um, and you can also like trade with trade Pokemon anytime there in the cloud too. So that's kind of cool. Nice. Um, then it got really weird, like weirder than it already was. Um, then we have a thing called Pokemon Sleep, um, <laughs> which you bet to buy a device, which we'll get to here in a minute. Um, and what you do is like you you put this device next to your next to you on your bed, and it's like Bluetooth with your with your phone or something. I don't fucking know, uh, but it actually like tracks like your sleeping time and like it creates uh, a new kind of gameplay. Is what I said. Um, and then the device that you you get um, last year, like we bought or a few years ago, they released the Pokemon Pokemon Go Plus. The, um, thing you can like hook on you and mm-hmm. you can like put a Pokemon in there and walk around with it 
and you can like transfer a Pokemon on off of it, and you can level them up, get candies, blah blah, blah with them, um, which is a cool little thing. I think it's like twenty bucks too. Um, well, now they have a thing called the Pokemon Go Plus Plus, which you have to use for Pokemon Sleep. So when you fall asleep, like I said, you put it next to your bed, it tracks your information about your snoozing. Um, it has like a built-in accelerometer with um, with you as well, and it syncs up to your phone for recording. Um, so and then at the end, they ended off really weird with the they're, they're, they have a Pokemon shirt um, coming soon, but they didn't like have anything to show off right now. But everybody that was at the press conference had a sh- Pokemon shirt on. Um, that's part of like program. a bunch of business shirts or something. Yeah, like that it's like that a bunch of like doing. button up. Sh- yeah, it's like a button a uh, bunch of button up shirts with Pokemon on them. Um, so I don't know. What, what, that last like. 15, 20 minutes of it was really weird. And then, like, there's a weird thing with a guy to our time started, like, promoting Godzilla, the Godzilla movie that came out this week. Like, it, it was a wild, like, I sat there, like, Justin uh, told me, like, I, I, I caught part of, like, the first, like, 10 minutes or so. Um, like, I got to the Pokemon home part, and then I, like, I, I, I had to turn it off because um, I had to go do something. And Justin's, like, t- in the morning, like, the next morning, he's like, dude, when you get home, go watch this thing. And I, I came home and I watched it. And I'm like, this is the most baffling press conference. Like I was like, <laughs> it was terrible, but I, it was like, it's like a good, terrible movie or like, you're like, this is some of the worst I've ever seen, but I can't quit watching it. Cause this is so entertaining. Um, I don't know. Did, did you watch the whole thing? I mean, it, what'd you think of like Pokemon sleep, Pokemon, go, uh, Pokemon, go, go plus, 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 plus. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, I did watch the entirety of the press conference on YouTube. I, at first, liked a bit of uh the first half of the press conference the whole thing with the whole like uh director and stuff from godzilla i think had to tie into something in regards to what uh oh boy i i forget exactly what it did tie into because it was kind of off the wall out of nowhere you know and then you get the whole thing with uh, junichi matsuda being like introduced onto the stage and like the introduction of pokemon home their whole Schwiel was that they wanted to try to have Pokemon sort of be like a more like a quality of life sort of thing. You know how Nintendo has tried in the past to do like this sort of quality of life thing, like with a vitality sensor and then mm-hmm. all this other stuff. It seems like it's sort of a step beyond this now to where it's like, okay, we're gonna do it this way. We're gonna keep track of your sleeping patterns and this and that, and we're gonna release another accessory and stuff. This Pokemon, this this like a Pokemon Go like plus plus device and stuff on paper it sounds like what they're trying to do is trying to capitalize upon the casual market success with pokemon go and i could see this working to some extent on the other hand you know when i looked at while thinking about it now it's awfully creepy to think that they're going to be keeping track of your sleeping habits and it's basically a game that you play while you sleep i mean that in and of itself you know it's kind of weird to that extent i mean the whole portion of that last part of that press conference was a bit odd even even in the quality of like gaming conference standards and stuff it's like why the hell would i want to play a video game while i'm sleeping you know it's like mm-hmm. i at least want to be conscious while i'm going through and want to enjoy myself you know doing this and doing that but oh boy it i could see this working one of two ways one it's going to be possibly like a colossal like uh bomb in terms of what they initially thought or two it's probably going to work 
it's probably going to work only with one niche type of market, and that's going to be with the uh, casual market that was pretty much the same as like uh, how they got into Pokemon Go. Only this time around, only this time around, I'm not too sure that it's going to be as successful. This whole Pokemon Sleep stuff—it just sounds like to me like an initial experiment to see what what more can we like expand this whole broad b- brand of Pokemon. I mean, we got. They got every sort of things like imaginable in the Pokemon like franchise. You got your video games, got your movies, got your mo- movies now with and then you have like all this various merchandise and all of a sudden you just want the whole aspect of this brand while you're sleeping. It's just it, this is just kind of like the weird sort of brand stuff I would expect from like a Japanese company, you know, to try to try to like uh not just the fact that a Japanese company, but just the fact that uh, this is just a tech company. You know, this is like a brand trying to experiment with all this different sort of tech and this and that. You know, it's just, it's bizarre to us, the outsider looking in. But, uh, <sighs> honestly, I just thought the whole press conference in and of itself was just, uh, eh, kind of a little bit subpar. You know, I came in with low expectations of the press conference to begin with. Mm-hmm. One, because they said right away, it's like, okay, there's no Pokemon Sword and Shield stuff. I mean... Okay, that's fine. The Pokemon Bank stuff with everything and stuff, that was the best highlight in that entire conference because that's something that people wanted. That way I can tie everything else together from the Pokemon I've trained and caught from Let's Go Pikachu and my freaking Ultra Sun game and all the other playthroughs I had with the Pokemon games last year. Now I can actually transfer all of them and do whatever... But, uh, yeah, this, this just, (laughs) this is just one of those, like, weird-ass things where it's kind of terrible that it was to this extent. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I was never bored, but it was, uh, boy, was it awful. Uh, and just the transitions and bringing the people, like, constantly bringing people in and out was just, uh, was, was weird and wild. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not the Pokemon guy, so... Uh, like you, I had, I I was like kind of all over the place. Like I'm like, ah, oh, Pokemon, uh, Let's Go was announced here last year, but I'm like, uh, well, we already know Sword and Shield has a direct coming up uh, this yep. week, so like they can't do it. That makes no sense to show it off there and then show it off again. Um, so I don't know. It was just one of the craziest things we've ever seen uh, for press conferences. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Let's hopefully they come back better next year. Uh, either more of this, but like worse, um, or actually like a good press conference. But so, I did guess one thing, right? And is that they introduced a, a new Pokemon mobile game. Oh, the was it was a Pokemon <laughs> Quest? Or was... It's something along that lines where it's like but a it's like, three, it's, I think three it's... sort of thing with like all these trainers and stuff that you yeah. face in the games, and that's that was sort of interesting. But I think but... that hasn't got confirmation. It's coming to the United States yet. That's not really that I didn't yeah. put in there. I couldn't find anything. Everything I saw was like it's going to China and Japan. So, um, and then uh, our last topic we have is that uh, Mar- Marvel's Avengers uh, will be officially be at Square Enix uh, press conference, and yeah, so it, they they confirmed it's going to be there, which I think most of us knew that it would be there, especially since they're actually getting like, I think they're like running like they're actually like doing a full blown one. It's not going to be like a thirty minute one like they did last year. Um, so there's been some kind of some like leaks and rumors coming out that's gonna be like an RPG like um, four player on like an online four player game. It's gonna be much like a uh, like people are talking about. It sounds like it's gonna be like a Destiny style game. 
um, mm. with with the Avengers. Um, huh. So I, I don't know about you, but like uh, I'm a little disappointed because like I, I love um, I forgot the name of the people are making this game, but they made the Tomb Raider first two Tomb Raider games, uh, the reboots, and I love them. And they're just they're basically like Uncharted like style games. So I was hoping for like a kind of a linear, so Metroid style single player game. Um, where you can be linear, or you can just you know, you know either each section has so many different branches you can go off on, um, but uh, I don't know. I, I'm just a little, a little bummed out. I something I really like the uh, the characters. I you know I love the Marvel movies. Uh, I like the Marvel Ultimate Alliance games. Um, it's a little bummed out, bummed out to hear because those aren't really my style of games so much. Uh, playing some of those online, I've definitely gotten to a few of them. Here, excuse me, here and there, but uh, I don't know. I, I'm this kind of like. Knocked out a couple pegs for me. What about you? Well, to be perfectly honest with you, you know, this is kind of like the type of uh, thing where it could be potentially good or it could potentially be sort of like an iffy sort of announcement. I mean, without having seen any footage or any confirmation or any type of uh, gameplay of it, I can't really say. But so... <laughs> the rumors of this thing potentially being an RPG, I mean, that's that's kind of interesting, but I wonder what kind of, like, RPG it could possibly be. It could be action RPG. It could be, well, not turn-based, because, <laughs> you know, it's a superhero thing. It's a bunch of action stuff. That's not going to work that way. But, uh, uh, well, I'm kind of, like, a little bit moderate in sort of my expectations for this game. <laughs> yeah. Potentially, like, rumor. Yeah, um... I- I'm still gonna hold out hope, you know, for it. Uh, but like, I, I don't think it's gonna be like a game killer for me. Like, I still think I'll eventually ch- check this game out. But uh, um, it makes sense to do it too, I guess. You know, cause that's the these online games are like kind of that's the future of games. But uh, it's just kind of a weird um, change of pace for the for developers for this game, where they went from making you know single player games to uh, they're they're great at them. I thought, and they, people really liked the Tomb Raider games to uh, to this. But I don't know. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on, hold that hope and hope it's good, but uh, yeah, it's a little bummed yeah, out. Yeah, definitely too, uh, bummed out to hear that it's that it's gonna be this. It just kind of feels it's it's like you know back in like the PS2 X, um, Xbox era where every game was a, a GTA clone kind of thing. It's just like every it was game. either a GTA it, clone or it was either like had a shoe in the multiplayer stuff. And but in this generation, it's like okay, what's gonna be the next quality of life sort of game where it's like it's going to have its own online infrastructure. It's gonna be sort of similar to Destiny, where there's a bunch of players that are going to be coming in and, like, playing this and that and doing, like, various quests and various raids and all this other stuff, you know? I mean, it has the potential to be a good game, but it also could be a wet fart that could completely backfire, like Anthem. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, yeah, like I said, yeah, it's definitely, like, I mean, like, last generation, everything wanted to copy Gears of War and Call of Duty, so... Um, it's the new it's a new thing and i get it but uh it's just like that thing i always talk about there's just so many of these type of games coming out with like between all the battle royale games and all these these games of service games there's just so many of them that um it's a bubble that i feel like that eventually like it just can't contain all of these like and obviously a lot of most of them fall off um but yeah or they you know they're, they're they have a decent audience for a little bit and they fall off but i don't know i guess we'll you know, hold like i said hold a hope hope it's not that, but we'll wait and see. Uh, but moving on to uh, what we've been playing. Uh, Gables, I'm going to let you go first, buddy. All right. So in terms of what I've been playing, I've been playing a bit more of the whole Castlevania collection. More recently, I did go through and complete Simon's Quest. 
Castlevania 2. That NES game has been renowned for being infamous because of how confusing it is and also because of all the different sort of <laughs> jankiness that you'll come across while playing this game. Now, Simon's Quest is very different than the original game. The original Castlevania was an action-adventure game where you had to go through stage by stage in order to find Dracula's lair and stuff and pretty much, like, you pretty much had to kill Dracula. That was the whole purpose of the game. For Simon's Quest, it's more of an action RPG. <laughs> There's a reason why people considered Castlevania II Simon's Quest to be sort of the black sheep of the series for a long time, even before the whole like uh, N64 Castlevania games came out. But uh, one of it has to do with the various amount of questionable sort of like gameplay decisions that they made while developing this game. Like, for example, you have a bunch of NPC characters, some of which can be helpful, but a lot just give out so many, like, so much lies, so much, like, inaccurate information. There's some little translation errors here and there, but, uh, but, uh, in terms of the gameplay in itself, you know, it's, it's not bad. I mean, it's still Castlevania, the original sort of game, where the action is pretty fun, the music is still good, even though the amount of decent music that's inside this game is very limited, even in opposed to, say, the original. But uh, one of the things about this game that's also infamous is the various side quests in order for you to acquire specific items in order to advance inside the game. So, inside Castlevania II, Simon's Quest, you play as Simon Belmont, who's just fresh off of killing Dracula only to discover that he has laid a curse upon you when you killed him. So, basically, you come across this, like, this fortune teller, or wherever the heck it is, whoever the heck it is, that tells you the only way you can go through and lift this curse off of you is if you gather the pieces of Dracula and burn them, pretty much. So, the whole concept of this game is to go forth like at five different mansions, these five different like uh, haunted mansions that you gotta go through and get these various Dracula pieces in order for you to go to Castlevania itself and uh, burn it at the altar, pretty much. So as you would expect, you know, you start off in the regular town and uh, the first thing that you're greeted with is, you know, like a various town where you can talk with NPC characters and this and that. So... I played it like this. I decided to just play it, see how long I could actually go without act, without looking up a strategy guide. Because, hey, I've played through Castlevania 2 before. Granted, I used passcodes and I beat the game using that method. <laughs> mm -hmm. But uh, I, wanted, I just wanted to go through and try to beat it legitly. You know, legitly as much as I could possible. I still use save states because I wanted to try to enjoy the original game in all its glory. <clears throat> now, considering that it's a 30-something-year-old game, <laughs> I decided to go and use certain methods that I used to use when I used to play old NES games, and that was I go inside of the various, like, various parts of the town, ask certain NPC characters, like, uh, news, information, and stuff, in which I discover very quickly that a lot of the NPC stuff that they, uh, <laughs> that the information that they give you is complete nonsense, and some of it are just flat out lies. 
Now, the game tries to explain to you, oh, hey, they're so afraid and stuff of Dracula and his minions attacking them and stuff that they're, they don't even want to help you. And it's like, oh, come on, that's just covering up lazy game design. So, I go forth. First thing I do, I go to the different NPC characters inside of the buildings, the ones that are selling items. I buy a couple different items. I buy a white crystal, I buy the thorn whip, and I buy the holy water. One of these items is completely useless. <laughs> and I'll give you a little bit of a guess of which one it is. <laughs> you want to take a guess, Tyler? No. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. No problem, no problem. So basically, so basically I go to the next town over and I find an even better whip upgrade. The very next town. So there is this thing called the Chain Whip. I buy this, and it's completely stronger than the uh, Thorn Whip I had just bought from the town previously. Now, the way you buy things in this game, you have to collect hearts. And hearts work a couple different ways. One, you can use them when you're using sub-weapons. You know, like your Holy Water, or your Daggers, or whatever. They also act as currency to spend on items. So if you collect like 50 hearts or a specific amount of hearts, you can actually spend it <laughs> on uh, to try to buy certain items. So as I'm going through my journey and stuff, I go through the first mansion. I don't uh, encounter any type of boss battles whatsoever, but I have to use the holy water because there are specific panels on the floor that you're not going to notice right away unless you meticulously wait for a enemy character to try to walk to a certain extent across of like either a bridge or like a specific place and if the sprite turns like if they don't do their full pattern and the sprite kind of like turns back the way it came you know there's an invisible block so basically going through this first mansion i had to use the holy water almost everywhere because i was afraid i was going to drop down to the jagged pits below because guess what there are drops that you cannot see Unless you actually have the holy water to go through and check each and every little floor pattern. Like, little panel and stuff. So, what may end up maybe being, like, about two to four panels that may actually have a drop turns to me just going through and just testing every single one of them to make sure, okay, this is this is not a false floor. This is not a false floor. Okay, how about over here? Well, no. No, that's not a false floor. <laughs> so... I go through that little experience, I get my first item, it's the, it's called like the Rib of Vlad, so it's like the Rib of Dracula and stuff, and so basically some Dracula pieces are equippable items onto Simon Belmont, so by equipping this rib, I'm able to have a shield, I don't know why, I can't tell you why, but apparently Simon Belmont holds up a shield, while he's going through, and that is probably one of the best. <laughs> that's probably one of the best equips in the game because it protect it protects you from projectile enemy fire. But uh, so I go across these random like uh, side missions. I collect all these different orbs, which there's like three orbs in total that I found: the white orb, the blue orb, and the red orb. Now each corresponding orb you have to trade for the other. So the white orb you have to trade for the blue orb. And go through the whole the rigmarole and stuff in order to uh, 
<laughs> in order to like go to the next series of mansions and then all of a sudden it's like you have to go to this one town to get the red orb and that leads you to probably one of the most dumbest and probably one of the most le- least likeliest of things you'll have to do inside of this game. And this is where, at this point, I had to use a strategy guide. Because I was able to go through the first couple of mansions, Tyler, without hardly any type of, uh, <laughs> like, issue at all. So when it came up to get to the third mansion, I needed to check up a strategy guide, as well as try to find where the red orb was. So, I end up finding out I have to equip the heart of uh, Dracula in order to go to the Oarsman, and then it's going to transfer me to a different spot. This little jingle or something plays as soon as I leave with the Oarsman and stuff. Now, bear in mind, there's a couple monsters that are jumping out of the water. These mermen that are jumping out of the water just try to uh, knock you off the boat while you're doing this and that. Which I'm thinking, oh god, I hope it just doesn't randomly spawn, you know, bad RNG and this that crap. But uh, luckily I survived that. And when I go to the third mansion, it's like, okay. I go through the whole rigmarole stuff. I end up facing the first boss in the entire game so far. And that's Death himself. <laughs> now, in past Castlevania games or even the subsequent ones afterwards, death is one of the most hardest boss battles you get to face off against. For Simon's Quest, that could be farther from the truth. Why? Because you actually have the option to skip the boss battle entirely. <laughs> and how can you do that? By basically walking from the beginning of the room all the way to the end of the room. Without even having to recommend, without even having to initiate contact with them, you could do that. You could technically do that because all you could do is you have to find the NPC character inside of the mansion in order to buy an oak stake, equip the oak stake, and go to that specific room where you have the freaking like uh, a piece of Dracula that's covered by some sort of magic barrier, you have to equip this oak stake and throw it at the stupid barrier in order to make the freaking item appear. And then you collect it. So you could basically just do that instead of like facing off against the bosses in this game. But because I wanted to try to play this game to its fullest, I did. And I beat death pretty easily. Nice. As did I... As I did with Camilla... Another boss enemy for, like, uh, I think it was either the 4th or 5th dungeon. And I collected all the various items here. There was even one item I had to collect where I had to go to a graveyard. And I had to use a clove of garlic in order for an NPC character to pop up. In order for me to try to buy... Well, actually, no, I didn't have to... Yeah, I did have to buy it. Son of a bitch, I did have to buy it. I had to spend, like, about 50 hearts or something to get, like, a silver dagger. And death, he drops a gold dagger. So it's like, okay, I got a better item, this and that. But I'll tell you about the the most craziest sort of side quest thing I didn't even think about. But I'm glad I used a guide to do this. And is when you get the red orb, you have to go to a specific place. And you have to crouch near a cliff. Like near like this canyon wall. Now, the game doesn't tell you anything about this. Not throughout the entire 
experience so far. None of the NPCs say it, but you get lifted away by a tornado. A tornado comes randomly while you're crouched down, while you're equipped with a red orb, and it transfers you to the last couple dungeons in this entire game. Hmm. <laughs> so... The rest of my experience was just going through the rest of the mansions. I beat Camilla, and then my final thing with Dracula, the whole going to Castlevania and stuff. His final area, there's no other monsters in here. I basically just had to go through the terrain and stuff, and then once I'm at the final room, I get to put the little pieces and stuff in this pile. And uh, what it does, it summons Dracula's ghost. Now, in this game, Dracula sort of reminds me of the Grim Reaper. Why? It's because his ghost sort of looks similar to, like, uh, actual death inside of his cloak and this and that and stuff. But, yet, yeah, death is actually inside of the game <laughs> as well. But, uh, here's a little fun fact. You can actually lock Dracula in a specific corner... And just spam the holy water in your whip attacks, and you'll beat them within 10 seconds. Guess what I did? Nice. <laughs> just that? Oh, not just that, though, but uh, I couldn't lock him inside of, like, one spot immediately. And so I see him, like, flickering all over the room, like, like just going through, like, randomly. Like, holy crap, what the heck is with this battle? <laughs> but, uh, yes, that's how I beat Castlevania 2. Now, the last game that I've played is its sequel that released a couple of years later on the NES, and that's Castlevania III Dracula's Curse. Now, as I've gone through the NES Castlevania games from the set, the first one is an action game, the second one is an action RPG, and the third one is more traditional to the first game. Only everything is ten times better. The music... The gameplay, the level design, even some bits of the backtracking. <laughs> now, with Dracula's Curse, you take the role of the ancestor of Simon Belmont, which is Trevor Belmont. So he plays, he plays exactly the same as you as uh, Simon Belmont does in the first two Castlevania games. The only difference is you can go one of three different paths and. What's so cool about this game, Tyler, is you have so many different stages you can actually technically play. You don't see everything in one playthrough. And that, in and of itself, is why I love replaying this game. I've replayed and beat this game twice. Why? Because, one, there are a couple different achievements that you can earn inside of this bundle by beating the game with multiple different characters and even, like, with yourself. So I've beaten the game with just Trevor Belmont himself. I have beaten the game just today, the rest of the game, with Alucard, the son of Dracula. The difference being is, with traveling around with Alucard, he has the ability to shoot like multiple different fireballs right, but he has the ability to transform into a bat. And transforming into a bat... He's able to fly and actually skip entire portions of stages that would otherwise be incredibly difficult if, like, uh, you were in sort of a pinch. So those last couple Dracula, those last couple stages of the game, and like specific like uh, 
areas where I had a lot of a lot of enemies doing projectiles and this and that, I could just transform as Alucard, like you know, Alucard just have him transform as a bat, and I could just fly and just skip that entire section and not have to worry about it. Now, I have to look at my heart gauge because as many hearts that I'm collecting through the little candles and stuff, I have to keep track of that while I'm flying and stuff. And I have to doubly keep track that I don't get hit by any enemies because it'll transform them back and I could fall down a pit as a result, which did happen quite a few times. But, uh, yeah, Tyler, this game is like one of the one of the best NES games I think I have played, period. Because not only is the level design awesome, not only is the music awesome, it just felt like this game was more epic in a grander scale. It starts off with this big old cinematic, and then all of a sudden you get to play immediately as Trevor Belmont. You're going through like previous stuff that you would in the past Castlevania games, fighting enemies. All these different bosses are, are freaking difficult, especially if you have like the wrong setup and everything. So it it's actually goes up. You get to face enemies like say Frankenstein. You get to face off against mummies. You get to face off against like Cyclopses and stuff. And towards the end of the game, you can actually face off against, like, death in, like, two forms and stuff. With all these sickles are flying around everywhere and this and that. Or even, like, battle against yourself. Which is kind of funny because that's one of the last bosses in the game is you have to fight a facsimile of yourself. And what's funny about that is you can actually go forth and lock, like, the the freaking uh, enemy NPC to a corner with holy water. And you can actually just spam that to death. <laughs> But the final stage, oh man, the final stage is a big old pain in the ass because there's so many different types of things that'll knock you into pits, especially the last section before you go off to the final room of Dracula. There's these little gondolas, Tyler, where it's just basically the big old like uh, clock tower gondolas where you have to jump from like one to the other on top of having to dodge stupid bats that are flying towards you or like to you and stuff and you have to hit the bats like at the right moment and precisely in order to not get knocked off. <laughs> but yeah, Dracula, that boss battle in of itself is tough because you have to battle not one, but three different forms of him. One, while he's regular. Two, when he's this, just this gigantic, like, floating, like, grotesque, like, massive heads or something that just go forth, like, from one part of the stage to the other. And the last is, like, some sort of... Uh, Something I would see akin to a Mega Man game to where it's like he's transformed right into this like gigantic, like sort of like a demon, right? But yet you have to ride these platforms up and about, and there's only like one hit point area that you gotta hit him at. But uh, yeah, you know what? Having beaten Castlevania 2 and 3 over the past week, it's been a revisiting to why I love playing old games. It's because of a lot of the difficulty and a lot of the a lot of the oh man it just makes me feel good just to go through and challenge myself to such an extent and then go through these experiences and just feel just awesome once you complete them so currently I'm thinking about going through the game a couple more times with the last couple of characters the pirate like Gratta Nasty who has abilities of, like, climbing, this and that, and then Saifa Belnades, like, a magician that she uses magic and this and that and stuff. So I'll update you next week with what I... Right. Well, actually, later on this week with what oh, I've yeah. been playing. <laughs> 
But yeah, enough about what I've been playing because I've just took up a large crap ton of time here. What have you been playing, Tyler? Uh, so I finally just started uh, Rage Two um, today, Ooh. or actually no, it was yesterday. I started up by diving too a little bit. I've only played like an hour, so I don't want to talk about too too much. Um, okay. But I've been craving like just a first person shooter game. Uh, playing one of these for a while now, um, and like I was talking about last week uh, after being more common eleven. Um, that this was the game I want to play, especially with you know Doom coming soon, and it just it feels oh, it yeah. feels um, like the music and everything like that right now, kind of just re- and like the, the action pace of it. And like I said, I'm really on. I've only done the first couple missions. Um, kind of has that feel to it a little bit, um, so I'm definitely enjoying that. And it just it feels good to play. I haven't played like a first person shooter game in quite a while since probably like mm-hmm. I can't I can't remember when. Probably like October or September. I don't remember. Like, <laughs> it's been uh, a while. Yeah, it's like there hasn't really been, you know, a uh, big one that's come out uh, really this year. I mean, I guess Metro Metro came out and stuff, but uh, for me, that I want to play anyways. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it feels good playing this, uh, playing this game. I didn't play the first one, so I'm a little confused by some of the story because it uh, takes place like 30 years after the first one, and they have like returning characters. Oh. And that's like, okay. the, the main bad guy from the first game um, they thought was dead, and he comes back, and he's like, he, he, like, he tax your base um and stuff like that so there's some backstory they do a decent job of explaining it because i think they it's been like 10 years almost since rage one came out um and that game yeah it came out it, it got pretty good reviews but it wasn't like it was didn't, it was like average yeah Maybe it, it, yeah it, yeah and it didn't really blow anybody up and it, it sold well but not like crazy you know crazy numbers so um but yeah um like I said, just started it, but it feels good, you know, playing the first shooter game again for the first time in a long time. Um, and I'm, uh, yeah, definitely excited to jump in this one uh, and play it some more. So um, hopefully I should have, you know, uh, some more time to play it uh, the next couple of days. Um, so we'll talk nice. about more on, in a few days. But uh, that's that's like, that's all I've been playing this week. Um, so uh, we're going to, yeah, we're going to wrap up the show, though. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. If you want more from us uh, with the Facebook page and group, check us out in there, please. But, um, Truck Dashers Podcast, like, like and join us on there. Um, on Twitter, at Truck Pod. Follow us on there. On YouTube, subscribe to us, please. Um, podcast goes up on there as well, so give us a big thumbs up. Leave us a comment, subscribe, all that fun jazz. Um, on twitch.tv slash Colonel Gables. Follow him on there, please. Um, and then on iTunes, Truck Dashers Podcast, subscribe. Uh, leave us a five star review, leave a comment, please. And also Spotify. Um, follow us on there, I believe is what you do. And if you use a review system, Use it, please. Give us the best thing you can do or whatever. Tell friends. I don't know what you can do. But just help, please. Um, but yeah, thank you guys uh, so much for listening. I was host, I was Tyler. And I have been Colonel Gable. So until next time, everyone, I hope you have yourself a nice day. But among all else, thank you for listening to another fun-filled episode of the Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Hey, hey, Gables. Yeah. Too sweet. Too sweet, man. Bye, guys. See ya.